Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio. It's the uh, 10th day of May 2019. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. We're going to continue on today in our study in the book of Colossians, uh, beginning chapter 1, verse 21. We're going to talk about the ministry of Paul today. His uh, last part of this chapter deals in uh, his purpose his purpose for the people, his burden for the people. Uh, he took he took these churches very very serious. He uh, he carried them upon his soul. We prayed for him, probably wept over him. Of course, we know he wrote them letters. But uh, Paul, uh, once once he met Jesus, then his his life changed. His pri- his priorities changed. So uh, before we get into that, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you. Well, your word, <clears throat> what you sent and healed us, and will not come back void. It'll do that what you sent it to do. Lord, let your anointing be on this teaching this morning. We know that the Holy Spirit's the teacher. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to uh, touch minds and hearts and souls. Lord, may your revelation be known unto us that we might, in these last days, not just hear of you, but know you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 21, Paul writing at, at the end of this chapter, he said, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. He's talking about the, uh, the metamorphosis that takes place when a man, woman, boy, or girl submits completely to Jesus Christ and allows them to be Lord over their lives. I've said it many times, we're not neutral. The uh, uh, the, the body of man is neutral. Uh, we choose every day who we're going to serve. We choose every day what we're going to allow affect us. Uh, the three uh, main implements the Satan uses against us is, of course, lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Um which by uh, those things he brings temptation into our lives. And, but we can o- only overcome. The Bible says we are more than conquerors and overcomers through Jesus Christ. So what he's talking about here is uh, the term total depravity, which uh, I totally agree with. That's the state of man before he meets Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of good people on the earth, morally good, but uh, the Bible says you must be born again. You must... Uh, Repent in sight of God. You must accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, and it will change your life. It's not a one-time thing, and then you go back to your old lifestyle. He says we're sometimes alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled or made one with God, tore down the middle wall of partition. No longer are we separated from God. The Bible says we can come boldly 
before the throne of God with our supplications and our needs because of Jesus Christ shedding his blood for us. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the intimacy or the animosity thereby, or the separation, the alienation that comes from not knowing God. So for this reason was the Son of God manifested that he might or did destroy the works of the devil. Uh, completely defeated him. We we read uh, also in this chapter, verse 13, who have delivered us from the power of darkness, have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption or reconciliation through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And I've said many times that sin is the root of men's problems. When I say man, I mean mankind, man, woman, boys, and girls. Okay, Colossians 1.22. In the body of flesh, through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Now, that, that in itself is a miracle. To take one that uh, was alienated from God, uh, was consumed by wicked works, total depravity, and in the body of his flesh, the supreme sacrifice, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The answer for sin, and always will be, is the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that eradicates sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Saying in his body, his flesh, through his death, then he presented us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight because Jesus was holy and unblameable and unreprovable. So we are, we are the uh, righteousness of Christ. Christ satisfied the wrath of a thrice holy God. You're pointed to wrath if you don't receive Christ. The Bible says Christians, those born again, those blood-bought, are not appointed to wrath. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So how are we made righteous? Only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing we can do. There's not enough, not, not enough religious activities we can get involved in, not enough busy work that we can do to save ourselves. We are saved by mercy, and we are saved by grace because God is mindful of us. Psalmist David said, Who are we that God is mindful of us? Verse 23, Colossians chapter 1. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Remember, we're talking about the ministry of Paul. He's a minister of the gospel. The Bible declares that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But he says you must continue in faith. You must be grounded and settled. The Bible says a, 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 a what double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And you cannot be moved away from the gospel or the hope of the gospel which you've heard. A preacher has preached it to you which was preached to every creature was under heaven where I, I, Paul, made a minister. So the 
the meaning of the everlasting covenant, the new covenant, was given to Paul, which is the meaning of the cross of Jesus Christ. Why he died on that cross, it had to be that way. From the foundation of the world, the Bible says Jesus was crucified. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For neither I received it of a man, neither I was taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember, he didn't go and start to rub elbows with the uh, the apostles. He, uh, the history declares he went to Arabia, where the Holy Ghost began to tutor him and teach him. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit that leads and guides and teaches in all of the light of Jesus Christ. He said, I will send one back who will speak of me. And that's the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit's not speaking of Christ, it's not the Holy Spirit. If he's speaking some other doctrine, it's certainly not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God's ambassador. Who The Holy Spirit is God himself, of course. But he came that the light of Jesus Christ might be spoken and taught into all the world. He leads, he guides, and he teaches. Okay, Colossians 1.24. <clears throat> Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Now, we know that Paul suffered. He went through a lot of situations, a lot of problems. He, I believe he wrote this epistle from prison where he was about to be beheaded by uh, Nero. Philippians 3.10 says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. In other words, when Paul met Christ, Paul died and Christ lived. Uh, a perfect example of the man being totally committed to the cause and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's, he said, I made a minister of this gospel. And he said, I need to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being, being made conformable unto his death. Colossians 1.25, wherefore I, he says it again, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, or the time period, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Every T will be crossed, every I will be dotted, every jot, every tittle. God will bring to pass everything he's spoken in his word. What hasn't come to pass will come to pass. Let every man be a liar, but let God be the truth. So Paul was a minister of the new covenant. He talked a lot about law. He knew the law, frontwards and backwards, sideways. The man was the Pharisee of the Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, the Bible says. He knew the Torah like the back of his hand. He memorized it. He said under the greatest uh, Jewish teacher, Gamaliel, I believe, was his name. And uh, he was probably in line to fulfill and to take this man's place. He was probably going to be a chief, the chief Pharisee. But he had, he had an encounter on the road to Damascus that changed his life forever. Okay, Colossians 1.26. Even the mystery, we've talked about mysteries before, which have been hid, listen now, from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. We are blessed today to have the revelation of the new eternal covenant provided by Jesus Christ at the cross. And we are sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. And here it refers to the Gentiles who would be partakers with the Jews, 
of the gospel and actually be in the same church. Remember, the middle wall of partition has been called down. Regardless of what nationality you are, in order to be saved, you must accept Jesus Christ. Nobody's born saved. Not not saved out of heritage or bloodline, except the blood of Jesus, of course. So he says there was a mystery that was hid from ages or, or from dispensations, from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. At sundry times, Hebrews chapter 1, 1, at sundry times, God spoke to the people through the prophets, through the law, but now he speaks through Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 27. To whom God would make known, which is what we know now, we should know. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So this is something we should know, which is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a strong statement. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of a future. What Jesus did at the cross, he overcame death, hell, and the grave. And he says, I hold the keys. He conquered. Remember why I say he has delivered us from the fire of darkness, have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Colossians 2, 2 says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In other words, we have this revelation through the word of God, through the writings of Paul, through the writings of many, and we have the revelation of Jesus Christ, the plan of salvation that was conceived in the mind of God, or in the mind of God, long before the foundation of the world. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 1.3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father. So the full uh, uh, monte, you would say, of what, because the Jesus was the first fruits of the dead, we, uh, I believe we studied that in verse 18, the first fruits of the, of the dead, he uh, rose from the grave and never died again, that our hearts are comforted in that mystery. That was never known before. See, Jesus came to die. When he came, everybody said, well, it's time he's going to restore Israel back to prominence in the world. You know, they thought he was an insurrectionist. So he would overthrow the Roman government. But he came to die for all men, all men, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Colossians 1.28, whom we preach. Remember the mystery the ministry of Paul, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. In that verse, you can see the burden. He was to preach the gospel. He wanted men to be taught uh, the wisdom of Jesus Christ, that you might grow, he says, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.12 says, not as I already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. He's talking about progressive 
sanctification. Remember, we've talked about justification provided by the blood of Jesus Christ. And sanctification is also provided by our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And it is progressive. Paul said, I die daily. It's not something you get prayed for and all of a sudden you're just, boom, sanctified. Sanctification is progressive. It's a work. It's a work that God does in our life through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1.29 and we'll wrap it up. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. He wasn't bashful and shy. He knew who he was in Christ. <clears throat> he knew the gifts that God had bestowed upon him through the Holy Spirit. He knew who he was and what his mission was. Paul, every man found himself and found his destiny. Paul did. When he met Jesus Christ on that road, it turned the man around, and he never, ever turned Back. He said, I labor for this cause. He says, I strive according to his working, which worketh in me mightily, the word of God says. The book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 3, which is only one chapter. Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it is need for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. In other words, the striving, the pushing. Paul said, I make press towards the high mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Leaving those things behind, counting all lost that I might gain Christ. Do we have that attitude today? Do we cast everything aside that we might gain Christ? What's our priorities in our life? How does Jesus fit into our lives? Is he Lord of our lives? Does he sit on throne of our heart? Does he rule and reign in our lives through the Holy Spirit? Does he? Is he Lord of us? Totally. 1 Corinthians 15, 10 But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly that they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He gave total credence to Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul died. The day on the road to Damascus, the man the man Saul died, became Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote just about all of the New Testament, was given much revelation, given much mystery, taught us about grace, taught us about that we're not kept by the law, taught us that in Jesus Christ all things are possible, that we live and have our being and walk and talk in him, that he is the head of all things all principalities and powers. In other words, he preached Christ and preached him crucified. He said, lest the cross of Christ become of no effect. We're to follow the same pattern today. The mandate of the church. There's a lot of things that goes on in the quote-unquote church. But he said this, upon this rock I shall build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He said, I will have a church without spot and without wrinkle. But he says, judgment begins at the house of God. So the mandate, the calling, the call out one of the ecclesia is to preach Jesus Christ. To be a firm representative of who he is, what he is, what he's done, and what he's going to do to tell people of his future coming, to tell people 
that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the answer that you're searching for, that without him you'll perish because the wages of sin is and always will be death. Revelation talks about being uh, conformed to the second death, which is the separation from God, which is eternal hell and damnation. The Bible teaches an eternal hell and damnation. So the old saying is there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And the only way we shun hell is through Jesus Christ. I know today's society teaches many ways to God, but they are not right. There's one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. And this was the ministry of Paul, to preach and to teach Christ. Okay, that's the end of chapter 1 of Colossians. Next time we'll start on chapter 2. Of course, Paul's, Paul's still speaking. But he, I like where he says that sometimes you were alienated and you were enemies of God. There was animosity between you and God. <clears throat> Your mind was full of wicked works, but now you have been reconciled. Have you been reconciled? The question today. Have you been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ? Are you at peace with God today because you've accepted the finished work of Jesus Christ? The greatest miracle. There's miracles. He says, signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. But the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation, where man, woman, boy, or girl does not have to go to hell. That Jesus Christ came. He conquered. He died on the cross. He rose on the third day. He ascended to the Father's right hand, and he's coming back soon. He says, do you believe upon me? Believe upon my name. The activity we need to do is to make a conscious decision. That we, listen to me. If, if we are saved, we change. It's just not a getting saved and getting baptized and then go back to your to the same lifestyle. The Bible teaches that if a man, woman, boy, or girl are saved, then there's a metamorphosis. There's a change that takes place. You no longer Live the old life. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Now, the old life will pull at you. The old sin nature, of course, that, that, that dwells in all of us will pull at you. But Romans chapter 6 teaches that sin shall not have dominion over you. Not because we're good, not because we're righteous, because we're not. Our righteousness is but filthy rags because we accept the one who in the body of his flesh through death he presented us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see us and our failures. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But premeditated sin, <clears throat> sin should bother the believer. And the Bible teaches that premeditated sin, in other words, you plan to do something and you know, just you automatically think, well, grace is going to cover it. The Bible says there remains no more sacrifice. So the man, woman, boy, girl of, of God that have accepted Christ, we strive against sin. And the Bible says we're more than conquerors. I mean, Peter said they could not strange of the fiery trials. James said when you are tempted, rejoice. Temptations are going to come, but we are more than conquerors and overcomers through Christ. This is what Paul taught, that men once were wicked and depraved, and now they're saved and set free. And there's a change 
There must be a change. Not a religious activity, not joining the church, shaking the preacher's hand, even getting baptized, and all these things are good. But do you know Jesus Christ? Are you born again? You'll know them by their fruit. That's what the Bible says. So if you have an encounter, did Paul change? Did this man, this uh, man who murdered no, a lot by proxy, held, held the coats of those that stoned Stephen, did he change when he met Jesus Christ? Well, certainly he did. The Bible proves that out. He said, who shall deliver me from this a wretched man that I am? Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And, of course, he, he knew the answer, and the only one that can deliver from the body of death is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. And you might have it abundantly. So do you know him today? Do you really know him? I'm not talking about knowing a preacher. I'm not about knowing a church. He's your name on a church for all things are good. Don't get me wrong. But have you had an encounter with Jesus Christ? Do you reckon yourself one time being alienated as an enemy of God, but now you're reconciled? You're at peace with God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be delivered and you shall be set free. Make a conscious decision to repent. Repent. Do your first works over. Repent means to turn in another direction. Indicates change once again. And whosoever shall call on his name shall be delivered. And he gives us power to walk and talk in this life. Most say we're not going to fail. We fail, of course. You know, there's no such thing in this flesh as a sinless perfection. But the perfection is in Jesus Christ. Because he's perfect, we have victory. Because he already went once and died, went behind the veil, the Bible says, and put the blood on the mercy seat for an atonement for me and you. And me and you today have hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, the Bible says. In you, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. Call on his name. This is private. This is this is one-on-one. This is searching out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. Every man, woman, boy, or girl has to have that experience. Psalm says, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. He's the answer. He's the nucleus. He's the center. He's the power source. He's the son of the living God. He's the soon-coming king. He's Lord of lords. He's king of kings. And the Bible says there's coming a time... Here before too long, he'll rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. King of everything, all dominion, all power has been given unto him. And the Bible says you can know him today. He can save your soul. He can heal your body. He took stripes on your back, on, on his back, that you might be saved. He was chastised for your peace of mind and bruised for your iniquities. He paid the full price at the cross. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Time is growing so short. The signs of the times are all around us. Just look and see. We're not living in normal days. Paul said there's peerless times, he told Timothy, coming on the face of the earth. That peerless means fierce, hard times. Men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the face of the earth. The waves in the ocean, the waves in the seas roaring, the Bible says. It's all around us. Give your life to Christ today. Just come before him. The Bible says you must be broken. You must be contrite. You must confess your sins. You must realize you are a sinner and you need a Savior. And he will help you today. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you 
for your word. We thank you today, Lord, that you uh, help us, that you give us strength, and we'll see what the Holy Ghost will promise. Help us all today, Lord. You said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Help us today not to be double-minded, two-faced, whatever it might be, Lord, but help us today to be that which you would have us to be. And that can only happen through you, through your blood. We accept your blood today. We accept your sacrifice. We know today without you doing that finished work that men would have no hope. We would have no hope. That we have, we would not have any hope, but you talk about the hope of glory. But because you did, we do. Lord, as the song says, because you live, we can face tomorrow. Because you live, all sin is gone. We thank you for that today. Lord, we ask you to save souls. Heal bodies. Lord, touch those chronic illnesses today, God. The people get so tired of fighting the same thing. I ask you for miracles in people's lives. Touch those troubled minds and those oppressed and depressed minds today. Mm. Were you chastised for our peace of mind? Were you were bruised for our iniquities, our lawlessness? So I thank you today for what you've done. And I thank you that there's hope in you. And Lord, we're expecting good testimonies. We believe the report of the Lord. Your report says we're healed, delivered, and set free and saved. And we thank you in Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up for Jesus is coming. Yes. Yeah.